0: Driven, ambitious and love all things marketing, I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career and my passion, providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus everything I wish my 20 year old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello, happy mid-October if you're listening to this as it comes out. Today's topic is going to be all about public relations, and I actually can't believe I've not done an episode on this yet. Fun fact, if you listened to the episode, one of the first episodes maybe, where I talk about, yeah, the second episode where I talk about what's better, master's, bachelor's or real life marketing. I actually did my master's in public relations but I actually didn't get my master's because I finished a semester early which meant I didn't do the dissertation which meant that you get a postgraduate diploma essentially instead of a full-blown master's because I didn't write the dissertation. I didn't write the dissertation because I'd already got a job and just figured that relations wasn't the sort of my area but coming full circle is once you start to move up in marketing and probably anything from marketing manager potentially or senior marketing manager definitely head of marketing once you sort of get to that stage PR is very much in your wheelhouse in terms of you become responsible for it again actually from about five years ago, I've had PR front and centre, not front and centre, I'd say side and right <laughs> of what I was managing. And so it's actually, even though I didn't go necessarily into PR, and if you're listening to this you're in your marketing, it still sort of goes hand in hand because generally speaking, it's going to be within the same team. And if it's not the same team, it should be because it, it was all very, very interlinked. So I wanted to get into it today. Anything from if you're a startup business, if you're a one-man band, all the way to being a huge corporate brand, the different ways that PR can slot into your marketing plans, the good things, the bad things, and then I'm going to end the podcast with a couple of recommendations that I learn along the way. And I'm also going to finish with the one that I like the most because there's sort of three different routes that you can take in terms of adding public relations into your mix. And I've done all three of them. So yeah, I want to tell you the good, the bad, and then I'm going to finish with as I said, which one I recommend. So first things first, let's get into what the definition of public relations is. And it could be called something different within your organisation. So it could be PR, it could be press, it could be media, it could be just communications. It might not even have anything to do with public relations in there. And they all mean slightly different things. But it's all the kind of the same things, it relates to media. So the actual definition of public relations is a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organisations and their publics. So their publics could be the press, it could be stakeholders, it could be internal, it could just be the general public. So it's a very, very broad statement. And there's lots of different Ways that PR could pertain to you and your business or your marketing. And it really depends on a whole bunch of things. So it depends are you B2B? Are you B2C? But also it depends on are you a startup? Are you a corporation? Are you global? Are you local? What are your actual business objectives? Do you have a really strong or definitive brand personality? What are all of the stakeholders, internal stakeholders, look like? And all of those are different factors which are going to play into what kind of strategy you should take. And I've not even touched on the fact that On top of all of that, of course, your resource is going to be a huge, huge element of this and your resource, yes, in your budget, but also in your time, in key stakeholder time within the business. If there's any people that are qualified, do you have budget to hire somebody or do you not have that budget? So all of these things, resource aside, are going to play into what you want to go to. And before I get into the three different routes that you could have PR and what it might look like within your marketing mix, let us me just talk you through a couple of the different types of PR that could make up your area of communications. So the first one is overall, and that's strategic communications. And this is essentially the different ways that are coordinated to help the company achieve its business objectives, which is essentially what marketing is. So strategic comms is just another element of how the communications help you get to your business objectives. So very much like any other marketing channel. The second one is media relations. Now, media relations is essentially having a good relationship with people in the press. So that could be a whole bunch of journalists and essentially it is sending them press releases and pitching interviews into these outlets that then enable the company to get the reach that they desired in whatever way that is. So having a good relationship with the media is really, really key. The next one is community relations. So sometimes it will be something that is not necessarily going out onto press channels but it's going out onto your channels so that could be a company website it could be into the community it could be anything that's essentially you're putting out there with your logo on it and you are getting somebody to read it outside of your company so this is really important i think because sometimes when you get somebody in to do your communications and you think maybe just external but actually who's writing the releases that go on your website if there's anything official that happens, somebody needs to write that and document it somewhere. And so that also sort of falls into this area. The next one is internal communications is different to community relations because it's essentially not necessarily putting things out to external places. It's what it says on the tin. It is talking to your internal employees and making sure that you're communicating effectively with them in whatever that looks like this becomes more tricky the bigger the company gets and if you're more global or if you are less of a startup obviously if you're a startup and there's only four of you you might not necessarily need internal communications but it does fall within the same umbrella Then the final one that is often forgotten is crisis communications, which is anything goes wrong. If you've got any negative press, then what is the plan? Definitely there should be a plan and a consistent approach thought of before you reach crisis stage. And it could not necessarily be a full-blown crisis. It could just be a negative review somewhere, but what is the process? And my advice is to have a crisis comms plan in place even before you get to your crisis stage because if you've got to a crisis stage and you've got no plan in place, then goodness knows how you could control it without that in place. There's another one that I actually want to mention that's not on there, which I would say is campaign communications. So this goes very, very hand in hand with marketing. And I definitely think that it is a sixth one to add to those. It's one that I use quite often, especially if we don't have a consistent PR strategy in place. If I am going to be doing a campaign, I always look at what the element of earned media could potentially be because there's always going to be an avenue that you can take within your press tactics now the tactics that you're going to use within that it could be national it could be local it could be niche it could be digital it could be printed and there's lots and lots of different tactics that are used within press but before we get to that stage and I might do a different podcast On the different tactics that are used within press, but I think that we should get the approaches before we go into the tactics because there's three main different approaches that you can take to get this a part of your marketing mix. And all three of these I've done, so we're gonna go through them. But what I like about all three of these is depending on your resource, so depending on your budget and people you could do at least one of these. So it basically includes everybody, I think. I'm saying that and there's probably somebody that's like, that doesn't include me, I can't do it. But generally speaking, if you're a small team or if you're a large team, and no matter how big your budget is, you can at least do one of these different ways. And they all have good things about them and they all have bad things about them. So let's get into it. The first one, and probably the most obvious, is hiring a PR agency. Now, there is every kind of PR agency that you can think of. They can be big, they can be small, broad, niche, global, local, integrated or not integrated. And integrated is essentially where they bring more channels of marketing into the agency. So usually that will be digital. So a very common one is that they will be like, we can do your PR, but we can also do your SEO. We can also do your PPC that's really, really common. Another one that I've also encountered is sometimes they also do events, which is really, really helpful because they can then integrate all of that. So you can just use a PR agency just for press, but they do definitely offer more services. So that's a good thing to take into account. So let me start with the pros of agency. Firstly, they're professionals. This is their bread and butter. They know what they're doing. They've got the experience. Very importantly, they've probably got the contacts within the media. They've done it before and there's much less of your time needed. Typically, I find that if we're working with an agency, the t- my time that is needed is usually a strategy meeting, which is maybe every month or every month to begin with and then when they get more used to working with you it goes to sort of quarterly. Then weekly I would read a weekly status report on where everything is that we'd approved and then ad hoc things would be generally approving press releases and plans before they go out. Usually I've already approved the plans within the strategy meetings so generally the ad hoc work that I'd be approving is just the press releases and handling any internal comms as well before, because your agency will just have like one point of contact within your marketing team. And then it's that person's responsibility to do any internal sign offs that need to happen. I liked to be that person. But then I have had a content manager in the past that it was their role to do this, which was very, very handy as well. So it just depends on sort of the layout of your marketing team. And if there's somebody that within your comms or content team, that could be that point of contact, which is awesome if they can be. As well, some other things that are really great with using an agency is they handle the media comms. So, as in, they're the first person that are contacted by the press, and then they filter through to us if you want to speak to them, what their requests are. They also are very, very used to talking with press, so they know how to handle journalists, and it's just something that you, it's one less thing for you to worry about. Similarly, if there is a crisis or something that is potentially bad PR, they're on hand, they have the relationships and they know how to advise you on things that you might not necessarily know about. It also acts as a barrier so that nobody from the press is speaking directly to anybody in the business, which I find is a really good stress reliever because it puts you like one people back and they sort of a protective bubble versus you and the journalists. So Some of the cons are, generally speaking, it's expensive and it depends what's covered in your retainer. So you know at the beginning of this when I mentioned the different kinds of of press, so crisis to strategic to internal to community to campaign... You, generally speaking, will pay an X amount of cost per month, but you really need to make sure what is included within that. So if you were going to do a campaign, I probably bet it's not covered in your retainer, and so you're going to have to pay even more spend to them to do extra bits. I've also not very often seen crisis comms included in the retainer, and so that's an extra cost that you'll have to sort of think about the next con is that it because they're not internal and this is with any agency it's not just press it just comes with the territory is that they're obviously not an internal employee and so sometimes it can take a long time for them to really understand the brand positioning the culture the aims the tones of the tone of voice what's liked and what's not liked and generally it could take a lot of time for guidance and then your time is used a lot in reviews and edits and It can be frustrating. You're always going to have that at the beginning. But I think if you're in month three and month four and you're still having issues with them really understanding the brand positioning, that's when it turns into a real con because then it's a lot more of your time and it's a lot more wasted resource because they're just not understanding things. Another one that can be frustrating, which I find with all agencies and it's not their fault, it's just how it's set up, is that they're obviously not internal and so you're scheduled time with them and you have allocated slots and, you know, there's some credible agencies that if you email them and go, oh, I've got this problem will they pick it up, I mean, they will. But it's little things like when it's not an emergency, like we might just be having a brainstorming session on a campaign and nobody is in it from the PR agency because it's not our scheduled time with them. And so it comes in the territory of them being external, but sometimes I think that it does suffer because they're not in those day in, day out internal meetings and comms where they could be a really valuable asset. And then the final con I would say is because of the nature of press that it is it's similar in terms of SEO that it is like a long term channel you definitely aren't going to be guaranteed this it's not like paid ads where you switch them on and day one you get the traffic that you want and the reach that you want because it's all very much editorial and yes you can pair it with some money and do some advertorials but generally speaking you're trying to get earned media And so it takes up time to do that. And usually the minimum contract with PR agencies, I find, are about six months. And I understand why, because it takes a couple of months to really get under the skin of the organization, to learn the tone of voice, to get all of the press lists and all the press releases and all of the stories that might be press worthy up and running but you are taking a bit of a leap of faith because you don't necessarily know it's going to work out with them and you're going to be in it for six months at least before you know if you've made the right decision and you've done your due diligence and everything that they promised you is delivering so it's definitely something to think about. Now I'm not going to say if this is the one that I recommend or not because we've still got two more different Ways that you can have press. So, I'm going to tell you at the end if this is my most preferred route. The second one is an internal person. So, this is somebody that you've hired as either press manager, communications manager, head of comms, any of those kinds of titles, anything to do with media, PR, or comms. I would say is going to be the person that is responsible for everything that I've mentioned before. So a pro of this is that they're always available. So when we're having those meetings, big or small, they're there, they can pick up things that were actioned, or they can give their sort of viewpoint. And this is because usually the person that you've hired, they either come from an agency or they've come from the journalist side itself. And so they know the ins and outs. And so they're a really handy person to have on side for that strategic day in, day out help. Also, because this is going to be a salary, they're going to be much, much cheaper than hiring an agency. And so if you don't have a bigger budget to hire an agency, it could be a really good avenue in. They also understand the ins and outs of The business, so you're not going to be spending loads and loads of time with them, making sure that they have got the right tone of voice, they know the brand proposition, etc., etc., because they're an internal employee and it's going to be very much on their agenda to learn it as soon as they join the company. And so, you're probably going to have to spend less time managing them because they're going to understand things that an agency wouldn't necessarily understand. They're also great because they could do everything from big to small so you might have a request come in that is an internal comms request from a senior stakeholder and then if it has to go out to the agency you might not necessarily get it back within a shorter time frame than if you have someone internal that they can just pick it up and do it right away. Some of the cons are it's only one person potentially and so you might have someone quite senior but then they might be having to do Quite junior things like writing press releases, reaching out to media they essentially have to cover all areas of the job so you need somebody that's happy to roll their sleeves up and do everything from junior to super super senior and some people will be okay with this but it just depends on the type of hire that you've had and you need to make it super super clear if they are a one-man band in their interview that they are going to be a one-man band and so they need to be able to pick up things that they might think are too junior than from where they are in their career but you do need them to be kind of senior because you need them to have been there done it have the contacts know the strategies and be able to equally advise you So my advice on this is you probably will have to hire more than one person depending on your company size but even if you just get like a junior comms exec that could write the press releases, can edit things and can be maybe an internal copywriter as well, that's a really good way so that the senior person has some support but you don't necessarily have to hire an agency and again two salaries is still going to be cheaper than hiring an agency. Another con is that they might not have as many contacts as an agency. It might just be one or two people that are internally working for you. And so if they weren't necessarily in the industry that you are in, they might have the wrong press contacts. So what I mean by this is say they were in, let me think for the most random. Say they were in fishing and all of their contacts are in anglers today and fishing life and any other I've just made those up, but they could be very, very niche relations that they have. And then say you're going into chocolate bars, they're not going to have the contacts in the grocer or the contacts in the Times or any of the women's health, men's health, where you actually want to be focusing your media. And so they might have the wrong contacts. They might have all of the skills to be able to do the job, but if they don't have the right contacts in the media, then you're gonna be starting from scratch with your media relations and your media relations is so key for this channel that that's something that you really need to factor in if you don't have another way of getting contacts, if you're you're banking on this person to bring in the contacts. And then the final thing that I think is a con for this is that then they, because they're not an agency, they'll be very slightly removed from the industry. And so are they gonna be keeping on top of what's new? What are best practices? Are there different ways to do things? Because it's one person, they might not be getting other people's opinions and recommendations. And that happens across any marketing discipline. It's not just a PR thing. If you have one person in design, they're obviously gonna do things how they know it. Is that the right way? Is that the best practice? Is things moving on? And it was sort of up to that individual to make sure that they are keeping track of their own industry and implementing those things within the the strategy and tactics that they're employing. But that's obviously a lot on them and you're expecting them to hold to that standard where they are going to learn more and more things. And depending on the person and their ambitions, they might do that off their own back, which is awesome. And a side note, if you get one person... What are you going to do when they go on holiday? Panic? (laughs) I've had it before, it's so not fun when you're trying to cover and you're trying to write a press release but you've never written a press release since your uni days and you're trying to figure out which is the best hook. So if they do go on holiday, make sure, which obviously they're going to do, make sure they've done a thorough handover and they've done everything that might come up Okay, and before I go on to some tips at the end and tell you my favourite, the third one is DIY. So do it yourself. And this is very much a tactic and it's very good if you're a startup, if you're a very small team or if you have little to no budget. I think that there's a sort of stigma sometimes with PR that if you don't have enough budget to hire somebody, well, that's it then, you can't do press. And that's not necessarily true. Whilst it's not going to be the most effective way and the most efficient way, there is definitely sort of starter ways that you can get your name out there. So, firstly, what I mean by DIY is essentially you have to figure it out yourself. And this could be a number of ways. You could literally be Googling the media that you want to get into and finding the journalists' names or the editor's names or reporter's names on websites and just cold email them what the story is. There's another way that you can do it, which is you can get a database, which has names and contacts of all of your journalists. And I know that sounds very like, you know, sometimes when you will get an email from like a cold email and be like, oh, buy this database full of C-suite execs emails. And first of all, that's very not GDPR compliant, but also they don't want to be contacted red flag, red flag, red flag, but this is slightly different. So when I'm saying you get a database with names and contacts, it's a database that is accredited. It's a database where the journalists volunteer their names and are happy to be contacted via the database because of course you have to think of it that these journalists need stories that's how they are gonna be churning out their work and so they are happy to be contacted depending if they're what their role is and and what the story is but that's why they do sign up and they do okay these like central databases where you can get their information and you can pitch your stories to them there's also the other way around where you can sign up for journalist alerts. And so this is where journalists are saying, hey, I want to run a story on X, Y, and Z. If you have a story, please submit it by this date and then they usually give you like a couple of other sort of helpful pointers like what the word count needs to be, what they're looking for, any other angles and it could be anything from an article, it could be them looking for a quote, it could be looking for an interview, it could be looking for somebody to send a video. So there's lots of different ways. So that is really good that you can be reactive to what they are asking for I've got results that way in the past because it is a much safer way obviously the con of that is that it might not be something that you are looking to actively push and so it does sort of fall to what thought leadership that you have already or what you could be commenting on but it might not necessarily be quite so aligned with what your current goals are but it is a good way to get your name into the press As I mentioned the pros for this is that it's a very good intro way to start this and if you have a very small team with no budget you could essentially do this for free or just for the cost of the database which could just be a couple of thousand for the year and it's much much cheaper than an agency or a person. There's no commitment to either of them and you can test the waters also, it can be global. So if you have a database that has the US and the UK, for example, you could then can be looking at sort of one area. One thing that you'll find with both internal and agency is it's either going to be more money to go global, which it definitely will be, or if it's an internal person, they probably only have expertise in like one or two countries. And so they're definitely not going to have like up-to-date media contacts in all of these countries unless you found an absolute unicorn so this is definitely the best sort of route where you can be global with your testing some of the cons are that you have no existing relationships, so it can be very difficult especially if you're reaching out cold to journalists who don't know you Obviously, another con is that you're responsible for the whole process now. So you're going to have to write press releases. So you're going to have to teach yourself, if there's nobody else that can do this, how to write a press release. And that takes time. It's definitely a skill. And one of the hardest things is that if you're used to writing marketing materials, it's very much about the company or about the customer. But this is from a different angle. It's from a news point of view. So what's newsworthy about your story? And so you're having to write in a completely completely different tone of voice than if it is a solid marketing material function or if it's something that you are trying to appeal to your customer audience because again you're not writing it for your customer audience you're writing it for a news story so it can be extremely difficult if you've got somebody in your team or you can teach yourself how to write a press release then it's definitely a good sort of entry level one this is also another pro to this is that if you're a local business this is going to be a better routine for you to begin with because typically speaking your local press are probably going to be a lot more accessible than your national press so trying to get somebody's attention at the sunday times is going to be a lot more difficult than if you're trying to get somebody in the shropshire star to cover you and to listen and to react to your story they're not going to get half as many inquiries and so if you are a local business then you are going to probably have more luck by reaching out cold to them and you'll be able to find that information on the website a big sort of thing to note here is that remember you can't just write in a marketing message or an advert you'd have to pay for that space you have to have something that you're talking about that is newsworthy so it could be that you have a really strong opinion piece on something that's in the current news it could be something that is if you are having an event and they are a local media do they have a what's on section where you could focus and that is kind of an ad but then it goes with what that they would do so it makes sense why they would feature you so you might have to do some research on your end before you start just reaching out to media as to who would usually feature what you want to say so it is a minefield when you get into it, but definitely as a baby step thing, at the end of the day, earned media is earned. It's never guaranteed. And so you can definitely be proactive just because you don't have an agency or an intern or don't feel like you can't do it. So before I go into some couple of tips, my preferential way of all those three ways is actually agency. I really like that it is, yes, it's expensive, but I think that when you're running maybe eight to 10 different marketing channels, just having that as an external resource is so so handy in terms of your time but also I think that the thing that just tips over the edge for me is their relationships with the media the fact that they will re- already have them within the team and they might have various different contacts I think is what really helps propel you to get even more landed coverage and it's something that takes a lot of time and I also love that is a barrier between you and the press so that you're not speaking directly to journalists when you might not feel comfortable or you might not have the confidence to make sure that you're saying the right thing to them. So whilst it is the most expensive, I think that when you get to a certain point within your marketing budget, if you can afford it, I think that would be one of the first things that I would put out to an agency versus having in-house if I could possibly help it. Just a couple of tips things that I want to say before I just to wrap up this episode. So you'll hear a lot of the time all press is good press. I actually don't agree with this. All press is not good press. And so you really need to make sure that you have a corporate Comms plan in place so that you know what you're actively putting out to the media, but it's also why you need a crisis comms because you never know what could happen. The next one is to learn the basics. So, as the third option shared, you could do this yourself by googling what the journalists are, who the typical media is that cover your kind of industries. Learn the basics, learn how to write a press release, learn what a boilerplate is, learn just a couple of things like that. And you can get going with this if you, especially if you've got a local event, I really encourage this because getting some media is going to help you so much. And with that, Google can be your friend. If you don't know, start Googling and see what you can find out and whose contact details you might be able to find to pitch your story to. And remember that you don't necessarily need to have always on press. So whilst always on press would be ideal, you don't necessarily need it to begin with. So I would just have press on campaigns or new product launches when we didn't have a full-time PR team. So any campaign that I was doing, I'd be like, okay, but what could the earned media slant be on this? Would it be to marketing press that might pick this up because we're doing something quite original? Or could it be business press because we are saying X, Y, and Z? or is it a new product launch and so we're going to invite all of the press that are not necessarily national press but like niche press that cover different products within that industry and so we can send the press release to them my final thing here is while we've not gone into tactics too much i do just want to finish with this which is a tactic remember when you're pitching these stories why would they care what is the newsworthy hook or angle that is not to do with your customer and it's not to do with your brand, it's to do with just the general public or the general public that is the audience that will be reading their press, why would they care? And so a really simple example of this is if you're running a local event and kids go free, then that is a really great why would they care hook that you could pitch as your article title to the press with then more information below so make sure that you have that in your head if you are DIYing it and doing it yourself which I have full faith that you can do and find final one is consistency and don't give up just because you've written a press release and you found the information and you've sent it to a journalist does not mean you're going to get pick up and so please don't be disheartened please just still be strategic with who and where what you're sending it to and why but don't think that just because you sent it you're going to get pick up it is difficult to get press pick up it's also depending on what's going on in the world if there's a lot of just media in general, because something big's happening, you're less likely to get picked up as well. So remember things like that. But this episode was more to be about the different three routes that you can take to still have press in your marketing mix, no matter what your time, your people budget, or your actual budget consists of. So I hope this helped. I hope you learned a trick or two that you can take forward into your marketing plans. So talk to you next week thank you so much for listening to my marketing nuggets podcast i've been your host emma and i will catch you next time bye for now